You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. My name is Mark Seaman. His is Matt Kleinschmidt. And we're very excited because we have a, a great guest joining us on this episode of the podcast. He is uh, Kevin Pereira. I'm just going to say that. This guy is an all-encompassing entity. He can do it all. He's He can hack your life. He can hack your life. He can host the shit out of a show. Yes. He can, he can nerd a, out about some things. He can attack a show. He can hey! attack a show, yes. I'm trying to think what else he could do to a show. He can be a part of a show. He's he, a part of this one. Yeah. You can be a guest on a show. Uh, Kevin Pereira is an interesting entity. I put him into the Chris Hardwick category, which is the yeah, the category totally. where these guys can do everything. If you need them to be nerdy, they can be nerdy. If you need them to be a host, they could be a host. If you need them to just show up and hang out, they can show up and hang out. If you want to play... If you need them to be handsome. If you need them to be handsome, <laughs> they're handsome. Uh, he introduced me while I was out in L.A. to rocket soccer, which I didn't really know much about. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was oblivious to rocket soccer. I don't know if it's because I play actual soccer. Probably. But um, it's now my new favorite sport. So basically, when I went to Kevin Pereira's lair, and I will say lair because this thing was incredible. Now, I wasn't there. No. So in my brain, I have it kind of looking one way. I have it kind of looking like uh, Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy Factory. Y- you're like... Is that how it looks? You wouldn't be far off. Okay, so cool. Cool, cool. it's like... Uh, how, I, how dare I say... Are you... Very unassuming. When okay. you walk up to the front door, it's just like, um, all right, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a, a room, a warehouse. Yeah, well, place, not or? even a warehouse, because from the outside, it looks very tiny. Okay. And then you open the front door, and then you see a couple people like working. You know, his his office crew is like sitting there chilling in this sort of smaller room, and then it opens up into what I I will say the greatest man cave of all time. <laughs> it's a huge. It was a huge giant room. Uh, with a full stage, full functioning stage with guitars and drums and everything already set up, ready to go mm-hmm. at, at a, a drop of a hat. Okay. And couches and amazing things hanging up all over the wall, like these guitars had been painted. And, and, and so it looked like the inside of a kid's bedroom if he had all the money in the world and was like, I'm doing this. Well, that was actually my next question. Is like, yes. It, th- 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 does Kevin Pereira have man cave fantasy factory money? Absolutely. Okay. The dude is super successful. And so I know he's successful, but like, well, here's the I best mean, part. He was like, 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 what's his biggest credit? Let's say here. Is it hack my life? Or is it, fan- uh, is it attack of the show? Attack of the show. Well, no, okay. no, no, he's produced a bunch of stuff. Okay. He's, he's, He's he's done. A, a I mean, sort I know of, his podcast is super successful. Too. Yeah, he's done sort of a Hardwick esque uh, move where he's created a network and a community mm-hmm. and a fan base. You know what I mean? And it's just like if you're not in it, you don't know about it. No, I'm, you I don't, don't realize I how don't, big Kevin Pereira. is. I mean, I don't deny that. I'm just yeah. I'm just wondering. It's like it's like okay, we you have a podcast. It's very successful. Like, does that net you enough money to make a fantasy factory? I guess. Well, it does. he did, and I was in it. And yeah, that's where yeah, we did the interview. So. I guess so. And like, he was a host of a show, but it was a show yeah. on. It wasn't like but we're NBC, already, you know. Well, we're that's already getting asking. off track here because yeah, it's yeah. not about. No, it's not. How it's much just, money does this dude have? One hundred percent. It's not. Uh, that's not. The, that's not the question I'm asking. Right. Just like when you th- think of something like that, you think of someone like that. Maybe is more of a household name that would have something like that. Well, and think you know. about this, and he's going to answer this very question okay. in the interview. Okay. Uh, because unfortunately, you weren't there. Yeah. But but we talk about the, um, that, and he he basically explains why he's single. 
So, <laughs> but but he has this amazing playground, right? Yeah. And so we're we're sitting on the couch doing the interview, and then he reveals to me that the back wall that the couch is on actually opens up, and it becomes a full blown concert venue. Oh, okay. Like it's it's crazy. So, so he has like rock shows and stuff there, too. right? So, so he makes money off of the venue as well. Okay. Right. So so back to what I originally was talking about this thing, rocket soccer. Okay. So. In the other half of the room, which I, I just took a glimpse of because mm-hmm. we were in the other, uh, you know, we we're in the side with the stage. Yeah. It plays this game called Rocket Soccer. And Rocket Soccer is basically people in go karts driving around, <laughs> ramming into a soccer ball into goals. That's it in a nutshell. And they broadcast it live on Stitcher. And people watch <laughs> and they cheer. And, they, and it's. Mark, we amazing. can do this. We have a hall. We can go down to the room at the end of the hallway. Right. We can each get on those little. We won't use go karts because, you know, it's a little too small a space. I think the CO2 would get us. The carbon yeah, monoxide yeah. Would, would kill us. I mean, there's been some interesting We can use those little, it. like, rocking, like, you know, scooter things you used to use in, like, third or fourth grade in gym class. Right. We could. We could. I think, I think we're on to something. I think we're stealing Kevin's idea. We'll That's do the fine. East Coast version of it. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll form a league. Yeah. And then we'll have, like, a World Series type of thing. The, East Coast, the, West the Coast. The RSL, man. The Rockets. Yeah, the RSL. League. I'm then, sure that already exists. Like It's got to. You know what? And it airs on ESPN 8, the Ocho. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like dodgeball. Exactly. I'm sure it does. Great <laughs> reference. My favorite. I think it might be my. F- wow, man. That might be my favorite Ben Stiller movie. Either, either that one or. I mean, Cable Guy is so good. Yeah. And I know you don't really consider that a Ben Stiller movie. But because yeah. he directed he, it. And he had, he, yeah, he was involved. He played the Mendez brothers, yeah. right? The Mendez. My favorite line in that. And I actually. Or I'm was, sorry. Sam Sweet. The, S- Sam Sweet. The sweet yeah. Uh, yeah. Was it Sam Sweet? No, it was the. He, he, it was basically a spoof of the the, the Menendez brother, brothers. Sweet brother. Yeah, I just remember. Basically, <laughs> I was just telling this to someone else uh, not too long ago because they completely forgot about this part where they spoofed the Menendez nine one one call. Right. Where it's like basically one of the Menendez brothers like acting terribly, like "Oh my God, someone <laughs> killed my parents! Uh, oh no!" But right. Ben Stiller's verse is like, "They looked Asian. <laughs> I think they were." Asian. Right. If you guys so don't good. remember that part, go find it. Pretty a- sure he sounded <laughs> Asian. Asian. Like he's trying to blame like an Asian guy for killing his parents. So funny. It's so funny. It's it's twenty seconds of the movie. It's such a, like a, a cast aside joke, but it's one of the funniest it's jokes in the movie. One of the best subplots in movie history. Oh yeah, totally. Because and it, you never find the answer. You never, never find, find out, the, out answer. the answer. It's threaded throughout the film. Yep. And and it's just it's pure comedy gold. Well, <laughs> looked Asian. like he's like so crying. <laughs> but dodgeball, man, great. Oh great my movie. god, movie. So when he rides away in the scooter, like, and he already, <laughs> no one makes yeah, me yeah. bleed my own blood. <laughs> and he just gives the finger. And he's, I, it's just so good. Man. My favorite again, another throwaway part of that movie. Not not throwaway, but just like not a huge part of it is when they do the intro for ESPN Eight, the O Chain, mm-hmm. have like the little squirrel like like uh, paddleboard or wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, the next shot after that. I can't figure it out, and I've slowed this down many times. It's two dudes doing one of two things. Mm-hmm. They're either swinging belts at each other. They're like <laughs> they're like in the middle of a, like a, a room. That's right. Swinging belts. <laughs> I can't tell if they're belts or they're like just whips. Or no, something. no, like like snakes. <laughs> like uh, they could be either leather snakes. Belt. It probably is. It's, still, it's, it's probably like two dudes in the middle. But like, it definitely looks like a, an event that happens in real life. Some country that I don't know the name of. And I think these guys are like swinging snakes or belts at each other. Genovia, it's the country of something Genovia. like that. But these two dudes are literally like swinging at, and like if you blink, you'll miss it. Like it's it's three seconds of this intro, but it's like <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are these guys hitting each other with? And how long's dodgeball been out? 15, 20 years at this point. 
I yeah. still don't know, and I've slowed it down as recently as it's got to be a t- it's it's ten, probably ten years. Okay, yeah, yeah. as recently as the president, I think it's longer than that. I've been out of college. It was in, when I was in college. I've been out of college for fifteen I years. Got it. I got it. I'm let thinking ninety seven, ninety eight. Here, here's the no, it can't be that old. Two thousand two. Here's why I know, because when I got my job at at what was just serious at the time, yeah, I was working for a show called the Radio Chick Show. I remember that. And, Leslie Gold, the radio Yeah, Leslie yeah. Gold. She's great. Big Leslie, York, huge yeah. shout out. How you doing? Hope you're well. It's <laughs> always a pleasure to run into you in the Upper West Side. So um, she, uh, you she know, get pro- <laughs> she no, looks she Asian. She looks Asian. She would get promo items, you know, like yeah, I was yeah. new to this world of okay. you know, just getting this free just stuff. Getting free swag, yeah. yeah. So sitting on their shelf in their office were several copies of Dodgeball. Okay. And and I, this is how naive I was. I had, the, I had to like build up the nerve to ask like, Hey, what do you do with those? Is there, you know, because I'm just mm-hmm. some intern. Yeah, yeah. Is there any way I can get a copy of that? Because I really want to see that movie. And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. And they just take, like gave it to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Give a new friend. Exactly. <laughs> so I remember getting that movie, and that was in 2005. So I'm going to say this movie came out in 2004. Really? I yeah. I just feel like I was out of because that was a DVD and DVDs. I come feel out like I was in college when that came out. I'm looking it up. And right I now. and I graduated college in 2002. Dodgeball, an underdog. An underdog movie, story. Right? That yep. is the subhead, the subtag. 2004. 2004. Shit. Yeah. All right. I was out of college. I was just out of college. But yeah. But that that looked Asian. Anyway, so so yeah, so I visited this 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 video clip as recently as the presidential debates. Because I, I got it in my head, I'm watching the press. Yeah. Because that's how you wanted to see him go down. No, 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 no. I was like, I was like, I'm watching the debates, and I'm gonna watch him on ESPN eight the Ocho. That was the joke I was trying to make. So I went and got this clip, and I and I rolled like you know the 10 second intro to dodgeball on ESPN eight the Ocho. And I said, watch the debates, and like literally, it's the shot of the two dudes whipping each other either with leather belts or snakes. I can't tell right. which one is which. Well, if somebody out there knows, or if maybe somebody yeah, worked yeah, yeah, yeah. on the production staff, something of dodgeball, le- leather belts or snakes. It's two very different things. One is basically animal cruelty. The other one's just two dudes being dumbasses to each other. So it could well, go with way. that said, let's hope it's belts. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, Kevin's our guest. So stay tuned for that interview. Very uh, excited to finally play this one because I taped it a little a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been a great dude, great dude uh, ever since. And, and uh, I've seen him several times and and very excited for the success of Hack My Life. And uh, check it out on True TV if you haven't. All right, so Matt, um, yeah. I'm glad you brought up the election because I'm just going to drop this bomb. We'll talk about it just for a little bit. You're going to hit me with a belt? No, not going to hit you with a belt, but I am going to hit you with uh, this simple fact. Has, or not simple fact, but simple question. Has Trump ruined comedy? <laughs> and I ask this because uh, things that I would normally watch mm-hmm. to escape from things like politics or just daily life or, or what, or the, what haves you, the, the, the everyday, Such as. sure. So I'm trying to watch Colbert. I'm trying to watch Jimmy Kimmel, Fallon. Fallon's the only one that hasn't really been yeah, talking Fallon politics because really, yeah, he kind of really, plays it safe. Yeah. He doesn't really do that. But everywhere I go, when it comes to comedy, it could be a comedy show for that matter. Uh, you know, I went to a comedy show the other night, the entire time, all that was talked about. This is post-election now, and it's going to go on for a while. And I understand that. It's only been a that. week, though, dude. I, mean, I understand that, but it wasn't just a week prior. It's been a year yeah, and a very, half. Yeah, it was a very long two cycle. Two years, right? Like so, 200 and so, some days, yeah. So has Trump ruined comedy? Because now what's happening is we see this Brett Gelman story. You know, see the light of day where he severs ties with Adult Swim. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with politics. 
It sort of does because well, I mean it's because the bigger, it's the bigger conversation of women in in the workforce, which has sure. been a question that's been asked. It's been argued about long before this election cycle, right? But with the election cycle now bringing to light things like sexism and racism yeah. and and brought a lot of Nationalism, heat on yeah. on things that have always been around yeah, and yeah. we've sort of been dealing with it under the radar. But now we, it's, thought, we thought we solved racism when we elected a black president in two thousand eight, or no, not I mean not that, but just look, we're taken to the streets. Th- more drastic measures have been taken, right, since his election. I feel like bigger moves are occurring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bigger stances have taken place. Things have been happening to a grander scale because, uh, look, when any president's elected, yeah, we're going to goof on it on late night and we're going to do this and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But not this, not to well, this. It's, Every single monologue on late night is is a twenty minute diatribe. Well, it's something that people want to talk about right now. I mean, like, and 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 you're talking about Colbert, who's been a politically based dude. He's kind of made his bones being a politically based. Absolutely. dude. Absolutely, Samantha B. That's what she talks about. That's what's the, the well, big news. Samantha B. Oliver, John Oliver, Trevor aside, Noah, aside, like, those guys aside, all these guys. That's what they talk. That's what they talk about. And we want that. Those aside, I'm talking just your normal mom and pop. You're supposed to. Put on Kimmel and enjoy someone getting an egg smashed in their face. Well, you can do that. You have Fallon for that. That's what you have. But, that's but if you want, it. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, in the late night. Yeah, I, mean, look I don't at the think... shit show that just went down at at the the big benefit up in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with Wanda Sykes and, jo- and Nick DiPaolo talking about comics. Come I mean, home, yeah. P- this is a benefit show. Where Dude, it's, but it's one of where those we're supposed to be there, letting these people escape from something or or give them something. A reward for supporting a benefit. Well, with with all these things, dude, there, there, there's always a loser in these elections, and sometimes you're on the winning side, and sometimes you're on the losing side. I mean, like when Obama was elected, I voted for Obama, so I was very excited. But I sure. know people that weren't. I know, I know people that feel. The people, there were people that feel how you and I feel right now. Sure. Where we're like, oh man, I totally voted for Clinton. I totally expected her to win. Every poll, every this, every that was kind of projecting her to win. It was just a matter of the formality of actually playing the game. But did you know this what I mean? happen to comedy? You know what I mean? I, I think when it took Obama over. Was elected? I, well, here's the other thing, though, too. I feel like comedy had a lot of George Bush material, and then that all went away when he had Obama. But here's the other thing about Obama. He was kind of a cool dude. He was kind of a hip dude. You know, he was our first black president. Like, he knew pop culture. He was on the internet. He was all that kind of stuff. So, like... It was. It, I feel like all presidents are mocked by comedy, and I feel like that's the point. The point of the the comedian is to be that gesture that makes fun of the ki- the jester that makes fun of the king. Absolutely, because that's the whole point of the jester. Absolutely, but jester's this is the different. only one that can do that. I don't. But think I it's feel different. like this. I think is it's just different. been. I think it's been eight years since we've seen it. At least on our side, as a, as a liberal, democratic, blue state, whatever you want to label that, it's been eight years since we've seen that. So it's like, whoa, where'd all this come from? But for the last eight years, there's been a whole side of America who's been like, well, I don't really like Obama. I don't like what he's doing. I don't like this, that, or the other thing. For whatever reason, um, I just think that we just haven't seen that side in a while. It's been a while since we've done that. But when when Bush was in president, there were just as many people that were upset about him. There were just as many people that were upset about him going to war. No, absolutely. But but I didn't see. Benefits turn sour. I didn't see. <sighs> but were you looking for that? Late night television. Like, I, I'd be curious to go back and dude, watch dude, clips from late night television that's what, that, after that's he what got gonna, elected leading up to his inauguration. Well, that's what I was going to say. Because, well, also you got to remember, when, when Bush got elected, we didn't know who the president was for a solid month because there was that whole thing in Florida yeah, with, the between, recount, with the recount between Bush and Gore, all that kind of stuff. So we didn't know who the president was for a while. Yeah, so, so that was kind of put on hold. So that was kind of put on hold. So, like, I, I, I think... 
Again, I think it's perspective, um, you know, as far as all this is concerned. Like, I think that Trump is going to be fine because I think Trump's going to give a lot of people a lot of fodder. Kind of like how, like, you know. You mean people will be fine in the comedy In, in late night. I think there's going to be a lot of late night talking about Trump because, frankly, he, he, gives us a lot of, he gives them a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. But it's the way we're talking about it. Like, I like when I see when I see Colbert go out there, right? Yeah. And do his monologue. There's a difference between telling jokes and kind of busting balls, right? And just hey, man, gotcha, yeah, yeah. boom, and then you move on to the next one. He he's dropping to his knees. You could see it yeah. in his face. You the, he's delivering. He, you know what it is? It's it's almost like he's going on a political rant and he's slipping just enough jokes in yeah, yeah. so that it qualifies you. as a late night comedy monologue. Well, do, I, do you understand what I'm I saying? Think what, I think what it comes down to, and I think where a lot of the uncertainty is for people is Trump is a big question mark. And I don't know when this became a political podcast, but like a lot of these, a lot no, of, no, it's not, I'm just, no, I'm, no, no, I'm like, tying this to comedy because, yeah, 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 because I'm thinking of the next four years of comedy. Like, like how yeah. are, because, because if, if a president like, or president-elect like Trump is, is saying, I'm going to sue people, put people in jail. Yeah. What, what could happen if a well, comedian well, says something about Trump while he's in office and then all of a sudden comedy, certain aspects of comedy are banned? I mean, this isn't, this is true. This, this is isn't true, a crazy the, scenario. It happens the, in other countries. It does, you know? and we saw it with Mike Ward in Canada and sure. all that kind of stuff. But I think that, I think, I think the reality is it's a big question mark. And I think... You know, when you have someone like, uh, let's say, the first, let's say 2008, Obama beats uh, McCain. Okay, even if Obama lost, you're like, okay, John McCain, he served in the Senate, he's been around for 30 years, war sure. hero, like he's sure. legit dude. And you're gonna pop some jokes. Like you're gonna pop funny, some jokes, you'll be fine. But like you know, someone with skills and leadership is like, okay, I, he's not my guy, but he can still kind of figure out how the shit. Works. Absolutely, he knows how shit works. I think that's what we don't have with Trump. We don't have that. Well, he has no track record. He just said a bunch of crazy shit. We only have the crazy shit he said on the election cycle thing. I, I, I really do. I mean, I really think that. Do you, do you think? Let me ask a I think question. He's, I think people are going to see how big a buffoon he is very quickly. And I think it's going to be good material for comedy. Right. And, and comedy here, is going to yeah. exploit that. Of course. That's what comedy does, though. So will Trump do something about that? <laughs> that's maybe but that's doesn't, the end that doesn't live in, That doesn't live and die by Trump. That starts in a court, in a local court. Let's be honest, dude. But but if we're dealing with a court, I'm just saying we're dealing with courts Mike that Ward for, went through this for six months, but eight that, months. But, but that's how courts work, though. But we are also dealing with we're also dealing with courts that judges who represent the Constitution. They 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 argue a constitution. They don't argue about the butthurt feelings of the president. They argue about whether it's a it's a constitutionality or not. But he can change not. all that, man. He this can, dude but has been a part of four thousand. But he, you know, court cases essentially. He can, but he it it. I'm, and and I'm not trying to defend Trump here. Just for the record, I didn't vote for Trump, and you know, I voted for Clinton. I think Trump says terrible shit. But I but I think that I there's a lot of steps that need to be a lot of hurdles that need to be jumped through before it's like, okay, wow. And like, I don't want to panic, but I know people that are panicked. Like I have LGBT friends that are panicked. I have like Muslim friends that are panicked. I get it. Like I totally sure, get sure, it. Sure. So, well, well um, I'm, I'm like, trying to stay me, onto the, yeah, I totally get that. But, but, comedy, I think, yeah. but I do think that there are courts and there are checks and balances. And I think that there are enough people that are watching this stuff that like, I don't think that, uh, 
I, I hope it's not as bad as people think it's going to be. You know, like it's like you, 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 you prep for the worst and you pray for the best, I guess, or you expect or you hope for the best, I guess. So, but I think when it comes to comedy, it's whatever the hot button thing is. I do think the Trump impersonation is going to be hack if it's not already. It's going to be the Christopher Walken impersonation. Um, I think I'm wondering what SNL is going to do with it because SNL was so sure, basically so certain that there was going to be a Clinton win that they basically didn't even like plan for who their Trump right. character is going to be. So it's like, what do you do? Do you, do you roll out Daryl Hammond to do it for the next four years? Or do you find someone like a Anthony Adamanuac right. and you, and you hire him and say you're Trump because Baldwin's not going to do it for the next four no, years or no, the next I don't think so. Years. So it's like they haven't addressed it. And, they didn't have him on the last episode. There was there was no signs of Alec Baldwin as Trump. So it's like that's yeah, really uh, weird, man. Well, I mean, SNL has also caught some shit too. Like there was a lot of people that wrote about SNL. Uh, I think the phrase they're using is normalizing a Donald Trump type, um, basically saying like you know you can't human like they kind of blame SNL for like letting him host and letting him and giving him a platform and doing all that kind of right. stuff. And there's a lot of people that were man at writers and some of the writers are like, what are you talking about? Like, this is our job. We don't like every guest and we do the best we can. And so I don't know. There's definitely some people that are like taking attacks at other people. But I think, I think for comedy, I think every time there's a, there's a struggle and a conflict, that's when you get great art. Sure, absolutely. Your best bands are like when, you know, your best punk bands are like when shit's time's tough. Your best comedies when like that shit happens. If it's all puppies and rainbows and there's no conflict, you know, like you get no great art. So I do think it's going to be fine for comedy. I think, you know, like I'm I'm already excited to see like what a Bill Burr kind of what his 20, 30 minutes are going to be on the election or a Louis C.K.'s or whatever like that. You know, I'm, 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 psyched, I'm psyched about that type of stuff. Me, me too. Me too. It's just uh, at what cost, I guess we'll find out. So, <sighs> you know, I, I think that, but I, I do appreciate the fact that, like, you know, this is a country of different ideas and, you know, people in New York don't have the same thoughts as people in the Midwest, but you do need to kind of figure out. But with this that being said... You know, overwhelming majorities believe in, you know, LGBT rights. Overwhelming majorities believe in a lot of the same stuff that we believe in. Like, you're from the Midwest. You're from Ohio. Trump sure. took Ohio, and you allowed to live in New York. Now, you have family back in Ohio that I'm sure voted for Trump, and you have friends in New York and you're, that, that I'm sure voted for Clinton. And they're not shittier people. They're, they're all people. Everyone just is trying to figure out how to make it work for themselves. I mean, people are really worried about getting jobs, and they're really worried about sure. like, their families being safe. Well, and here's the last I think thing. That's, I'll... that's not a blue or red issue. That's a human issue. Sure. Well, let's let's uh, let's get back to, to, to comedy. <laughs> I mean, the, the last thing I'll say is that I'm all for different ideas. There's mm -hmm. a difference between different ideas and dangerous ideas. Yeah, so. this, this is very true. So, very true. all right. Well, let's get to this uh, Kevin Pereira interview. Uh, you know, sorry, it was a little heavy on the political talk, but yeah, but it was civilized. A, it was yeah. a civilized political conversation. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And, and we're in agreement. I mean, I, yeah, 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 I yeah. just, uh, I'm just curious to see uh, where comedy goes because we we know what comedy's going to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious about the consequences of it because. When we already live in a world where it's getting a little PC-ish, you oh, know. I know, dude. I was a journalism if, if, major. We run a website where it's like where there's people who are like, oh, well, I'm going to go and sue the New York Times. Like the Gawker uh, lawsuit with Hulk Hogan. Not not even talking about politics. There's no yeah. politics out of it. Like that was a terrifying thing because it sets a it sets a very terrible precedent. That yeah. you have people with money that are trying to figure out how to influence and shut down the press. I mean, and as as a press entity, you and I, that's the most important thing to us is sure. the ability to say stuff. Well, now if, I don't now imagine I, if uh, you know. Now I now I think that's affected. But now. there are laws in place to protect that. Those, and those laws can be changed. They man. absolutely can be changed, but it takes. <laughs> but it, but it's not one person to do it. 
It's, well, it's not. You mean a house and a Senate and everything yeah, but that's all one side right it, now? It is, all one, it is all one sided, but it takes a while to get that stuff rolling. And there's a midterm election in 2018. I Honestly, dude, like, I feel like I feel like such buffoonery is going to happen before then that like. Well, it's going to be funny. Well, I don't even think that, dude. I just think that there's either going to be. There's going to be such buffoonery that it's like, okay, well, we got to do something. Like, like I wouldn't be surprised if people start talking about impeaching this dude soon. You know, just because, like, you know, even talking about like the transition team stuff, like it's 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 clown town. Yeah, it is. Say. It's hilarious. So, like, there's there's major buffoonery going on. So I, all right, well, I think it's going to be great fodder for a lot of a lot of funny people to kind of mine and, and do different stuff. You're going to see the hacks at the open mics, but once uh, like like Chappelle's monologue on SNL, I thought was like. A really good monologue. There yeah, pe- check it out if you haven't. Head over to laughbutt.com. It is, it is really good. Yeah, it, I mean, it was it was a great monologue, and, and uh, Shashir Zameda, read her read her Instagram too. How she kind of wrote about how like the day after the election, Chappelle kind of came in and did, did like a kind of quoted Toni Morrison and did like a little like, "Hey, this is what this is. This is what we do as comedians." Blah blah blah. And she was just like, "I'm so thankful for this this week." Uh, and she, it, it was it was really interesting how much Chappelle kind of affected stuff. Um, you know, did he say everything everyone wanted to say? No, but like that's not his job. Like it's sure <laughs> there were people who were like, you should have denounced this, that, or the other thing. It's like Jesus Christ! Like it's a comedy show. I get that, but I don't know. I don't know. I think people are kind of looking. They're looking. Everyone's looking everywhere to try to find some sort of uh, thing. I think comedy's going to actually play a big part in it. I think you know your John Stewart, your John Oliver types are really going to absolutely man. Be, yeah. They're already successful. All right, well let's get to <laughs> yeah. Ken Pereira, man. Yeah. We because we, we can go on for days. Through this. We can. All right, here's Ken Pereira, everyone. I'd like to welcome to the Laugh Button Podcast right here someone whose name is Kevin Pereira, and he happens to play him in real life as That's well, me. which is very cool. My name is Mark Seaman. That's unfortunate, but fortunately, uh, I'm joined by you, Kevin. Finally, our paths cross. Yes. This yeah. Is, many uh, mutual friends. Yeah. Many mutual friends in the biz and the comedy world, the the music space, the the nerd uh, facilities. Let's get really insider and talk about our favorite lots and our favorite couch tours yeah. and agents. Let's talk about, are you ICM, WMA? Who are you, who are you a fan of? Is oh, it WMA? No, no, that's no I'm M-A-R-K. And that's it. Oh, yeah. I, I rep myself. <laughs> Fuck those other guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I rep myself, I somehow still couldn't get the time. Like right. I would I'd just not right. reply to my own emails <laughs> and not answer my own calls. Well, I wouldn't have time to write those emails in the first place to not <laughs> reply to them and just... Sorry, Mark, I couldn't get to it. What? I'm sleeping. Who are you? Bipolar. What? <laughs> it would just be, my mom, who's a nurse, is already confused. Sir, please right leave there. our office. I don't even know how you got in here. Please get out of here. Well, it's good to finally meet you with all seriousness, and congrats on all the success you've ever had. Thank Much you. continued success. I've been a fan for a long, long time and, and love what you do. And uh, I, Hack, Hack My Life is this show that you do on True TV, right, with Brooke Van Poppelen. You said it best. Yes. Uh, yeah, it is, I in said, fact, that. I think I said it exact. Right? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I didn't, I it didn't is overhype it, it, it I didn't a, underhype it. Nope. You, it was I the just, pure definition. It's factual information. Yeah. If you were an AI, like a computer, trying to figure out... <laughs> What this thing is, that's exactly where it would start. The Wikipedia entry would be, it is a television show that is hosted by me and <laughs> right. Brooke Van Poplin. Barrier to entry shattered. <laughs> that is what it is. <laughs> I hope, don't, ch- don't check your uh, Twitter while this uh, goes live because it's just going to be blowing up. You know, with people saying like, I, I heard who, yeah, I there's a, a television show <laughs> with you and Brooke Van Poplin. It is a, I was it so is. confused by previous descriptions. <laughs> 
I was I was, a, I was attending other channels. And it was I so nebulous. <laughs> I didn't know if it was a new uh, molecular gastronomy restaurant you opened or if it was a smartphone application. No, it is a television show with me and Brooke Van Poplin, who is actually funny yeah. and very talented. Yes. And it is, on fa- it is, in fact, on True TV. Yes, True TV. Every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're uh, shall we say, knee deep? Ankle deep, oh, elbow deep, the elbow yeah, deep. Yeah. It's season three now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost to the shoulder, friends. Just uh, breathe and relax. We're gonna get through this. Drowning in hacks. Yeah, we started with a knuckle, and here we are. Um, it is, it is a show that explores life hacks in in the way that um, a disposable television budget can bring you like people are like familiar with life hacks because they see it in a social thread or right. they see a headline of it you know on buzzfeed or whatever now we we take the simple little life hack mm-hmm. and then explode it to an absurd level and see just how far we can push it yes and you've done this on morning tv too right to uh, cite an example i i may or may not have seen was this uh, the view yeah was it, yes about? i think oh, so. oh yeah was that was view. a That's oh right. that was a train wreck of a television <laughs> appearance that was a train wreck i specifically remember watching that because uh, brooke who's been on the podcast uh, yeah. it, she, I think she had. You guys had just done that, like either that morning or 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 the day before. Was she freshly scarred and shell shocked? Were her she hands came still in trembling? A little battered. Yeah, it and, was uh, bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Well, Brooke and I have like Brooke and I are we're 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 like we're dark. Like right, we have right. a weird, warped, kind of twisted sense of humor, which does not translate well. Doesn't play well to though, daytime to, talk. To morning moms. Yeah, yeah and yeah. they and and you know bless their hearts. Like they the hosts were as gracious as they could be, mm-hmm. but there was. There was really no prep. And the thing about the show is that sometimes the hacks don't work. Right, and we don't right. shy away from that. But when you go out there and they want to know like the quickest way to peel an egg and a segment producer is in a flop sweat because the hack isn't working quite well. And I go, well, you know, it depends on how you boil the egg and how long they've been sitting here. But right. oh, call an audible. And they freak out and extensions go flying. And then we're live. Just and throw Nerf footballs for the next 15 it minutes. It was really, yeah. yeah. And, even, and, and even the guy bringing us out to stage was like, okay, audience, we got some crazy guests today. It's... um. Kevin, uh, and you can just hear him wanting to bail on yeah, not Ke- knowing the pronunciation of my Kevin last name. Kevin Peoria. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you like Brooklyn Illinois. Popcorn. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> it was like literally like, <laughs> and out comes Kevin and Brooke in here. Let's hear it for him. And then the small smattering, the smattering of, of applause. applause. Who, and Who canceled? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who canceled? <laughs> Where's Tara Reed? Do we have... Get, somebody must have a petting zoo in this town. Get him in here. Let's throw a sloth on that stage. All right. Well, all joking aside, man, the show's sure. a lot of fun. It's thank really you. cool. And and on my way over here, and, and thank you for being so hospitable. You had me over to your wonderful studios, this crazy laboratory of awesome town. It's a weird Wonka factory, I, isn't I'm it? In a, I'm in a full-blown like, studio-slash-stage-slash-rock venue. And this is like in the back of your office. You know <laughs> yeah. What I mean? Yeah, it's this really weird. The, like people expect alley. like Russian brides to be in a cage somewhere, but yeah. no. It's just a bunch of nerd toys and yeah. music gear. That's it, it. There's no one hiding under this cushion that I'm sitting on, right? There's no, no no one that's gonna make any noise still, anytime soon. That's been, still holding their breath it because was duct tape for a while, is preventing but... them from doing <laughs> yeah, no. otherwise. They're long gone. Um, there is a Chinese basket. But other than that, it's pretty <laughs> straightforward. It's a lot of music it's everything that I'm into, man. You're surrounded by Oh, is the, this BB King over here? That is in fact. I this mean, a spray-painted visage of him, not... This This looks like a Benjamin Button version of B.B. <laughs> King, uh, if I could do some play-by-play here. Yeah, uh, go for it. Explore it, it. Yeah, he looks like an old baby. Yeah, and it's a weird... <laughs> he's playing a weird, uh, like, an electronic ukulele or something. It's a yeah. weird, teeny-tiny guitar. Yeah, it looks like guitar, a Guitar Hero guitar, yep. minus the buttons on the frets, and he's drooling. 
over his own rift that he's tearing through, Look, which is pretty better living through chemicals, <laughs> my friend. All right, I didn't have anything did to do with that. that? Did you draw that? No, no, I didn't. I let that happen. Um, <laughs> no, this is—it's an extension of me. You know, everybody that is here adds mm -hmm. to this space, so that's why um, right now we're in like a music room right. on the other side of this. There's uh, eight Power Wheels and an American Gladiator tennis those. ball launcher. Oh my god! Like we had one built, it will welt you. It is awesome. I wish. And then I there's a whole video game room I with know. VR. Yeah, I, I wish fun. I would have brought the wireless gear. We could have just strapped it on and, and drove the power wheels around did the podcast oh, would have been so much fun. are you a gamer at all do you? I, I do play games now um it's a, as my my busy life gets even busier and my married my married life gets mm -hmm. married year mm -hmm. um more way uh, yeah the, the yeah more way <laughs> the the video games have started to take a, a dive like like i i acquired the ps4 uh -huh. and i've acquired the xbox one so i've made it to that level but as far as uh, extending beyond that i haven't gone much past. All right, it's all right. You're on a slow descent towards yeah. death and obscurity. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Which, That's which what breaks my will heart do. because, as a, a extreme avid ga gamer, you know, from day one when they were available to me, like I still have my ColecoVision. It still functions. Oh, okay. It's set up at my parents' house. So when I go home, because if I had it in New York City, I would spend too much time with sure. it, you know, and I'd have to show it off all the time. So, but back in my parents' house, I can go. Look, and, you'd and, have to show it off. Yeah, I'd have hey, to. Uh, guys, and if you've seen this old antiquated <laughs> piece of technology. Uh, here it is. Yes. Uh, wh where are you going? Oh, okay. Oh, you're all inflated. No, that's you're not <laughs> real. Got it. Um, no, we we. Well, have you played Rocket League? Are you familiar with Rocket League? I'm, I'm not familiar it's with Rocket League. It's so. soccer that's played in an arena oh virtually with cars. I have to do this. And I mean, that's I'm what we bought Power Wheels for. We're like, we need to do this in real life. So we stuffed a human being inside of a Zorby ball and slammed into him with Power Wheels to score goals. Oh my god! Because that's I... what we get to do on a Tuesday. That's my life. <laughs> now, granted, I don't have uh, like a wife or anyone who actually loves me, but I have some toys. <laughs> That's cool. Well, the bigger question is, do you have any staff that you, you uh, uh, if they went missing... You know, you wouldn't complain. Well, no one would care. No, that's yeah, part yeah. of the hiring process. <laughs> okay. It's like, you know, list all your family, list your references. And like, I don't have any. I'm great. You're hired. Great. You're hired. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, so if I bag a couple of these and, and send them off to some deserted island, uh, I can fill in for two weeks, oh, if you know what I'm saying. 100%. Well, I'm Come a huge in. soccer nerd. I mean, I played soccer my entire life in college and uh, even even uh, just about the MLS level. That's how crazy it was with soccer. But um, I did not know about this. This uh, rocket, uh, rocket league, it gets rocket wild. League. Yeah, especially when you Fucking put an electronic shock collar on the team captains for each team. Like we have a, an extensive collection of, of torture devices here. So every time you score a goal, the opposing captain gets a nice shock to their neck. What am I even doing in New York? It's right. uh, yeah, it's it's fun out here. Kevin, uh, all right. So so on my way over here, I, I was trying to think of of original uh, life hacks, you know, or situations that in my personal life like what was the first one i ever acquired right and uh, and i beg this question of you as well and and i drew to the conclusion of the tucking the boner up under the waist the elastic band mm. it was like my mm -hmm. original i think that was my original you gotta sneak hack. it into the belt yeah, yeah. If you got to go to the chalkboard or now the whiteboard or maybe the, the surface for the tweens these days i don't know what yeah. they're using holograms in class i don't know either yeah you gotta hide <laughs> it away there <laughs> and and i just remember that day of like because you don't talk to somebody about that that's, yeah. that's something you kind of figure out on your own like an iphone right and uh and i was just like yeah let's just put that right up there there it goes it's and no one will be none the wiser right and you can't and, and you got to go with the seam <laughs> of the pants or the zipper line because if you if you stray from that yes it's 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 uh, yeah for me i guess and 
and now, well, I'm thinking along those lines, but for me, it was the, um, cause we had, we had like a family computer, right? Okay. And so all the men in the household were glazing the home row collectively, but no one wanted to acknowledge that. That's what happens <laughs> when you're coming of age on the family computer, literally and figuratively. And so for me, the life hack was, uh, earbuds, one in, one out yes. to listen for mother and or father descending the staircase at midnight as I'm trying to figure out how to become a man. Right, um, right. Only backfires when if you assume a comfortable position and fall over in your chair and the headphone cord <laughs> unplugs from the speakers and then they Yanks get to the hear. Yanks the monitor off the yep. you know, countertop. Yep, and then the it's blasting at 11. Just... <laughs> and, yeah, there we go. So, Mom, I'm studying. But that's a, I think that's a solid life hack. Have you been caught? Uh, were, did they ever walk in on uh, Th- That actually Kevy happened. Becoming, becoming Kevin? The, yeah, <laughs> no, that actually happened. The earbud, one in, one out. I thought I heard a noise. Mm-hmm. Fell back in the computer chair. It unplugged. And it was like, this was back when porn clips were like 10 second long things that you would wait hours to download. Oh, sure, sure. And so for me, I would queue sure. them all up on the monitor. Like it was like the architect from the matrix. <laughs> I would just have a, an entire monitor filled with clips that would be looping because they were so short. So I would just let it ride and bounce around. And so when that headphone came unplugged, it was like a sea right, of, right. of clips all... It was a tsunami of audible <laughs> groans and grunts and, and snaps also playing at once. Simultaneous. All at the same Neighbors time, Neighbors yeah. were coming over like, how many people are you hiding down there? Right? <laughs> it was a wailing wall of ecstasy. And then a similar, sadly, a similar thing happened later in life where um, I had uh, outdoor speakers installed at my place. So okay. people are hanging out in the backyard. Sure. I can play some music inside and it's playing outside, mm-hmm. but there's a speaker switch and I was... Um, I actually have a, a, a an improv show that I do from time to time called The Stroke of Genius, and it is a an, a pornography based improv thing that I sure. do with my buddy Zach Perlman. And so I was oh, doing I love research. Zach, by the way, cool He's dude, amazing, man. right? Just met him when he did the uh, Staten Island Summer movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I met him there, and then I've run into him a couple times since. He's cool the best, dude, man. He's the best. Yeah, so yeah. we do a silly stage show about a, adult content. Where do you People do that sh- at? Uh, you- we did it at UCB, mm-hmm. and then we did it at Meltdown. Oh, cool. Um, each nice. time we do it, we don't get invited back because right? it's really adult. <laughs> it's very fun, but it's really adult. So I was doing research. In air, uh, research, but I left the switch to the outdoor speakers on. And so for like a solid week, as I was downloading clips and scrubbing through them and editing them, as you can imagine what editing compilation videos sounds like for a, for a gag, uh, my neighbors were hearing that at full blast. And oh, I did not amazing. know that for a solid week. <laughs> Every night for hours on end, they would hear me cutting pornography. So, hi neighbors, I'm here. <laughs> I know what it's like to be said neighbor. Uh, when I when I first started working at Sirius, uh, I sat next to after we acquired Howard. I, I sat next to the Howard news team, mm-hmm. who had to edit the Howard One Hundred news yes, team. Yeah, who had to edit together said clips on the regular and. Uh, that Did you go qu- with headphones or anything? No. Why? Why ride. would you do such a thing? <laughs> sure. And uh, after enough complaints from you know seventies uh, on seven and, and some other various <laughs> channels. <laughs> You know the Christian wing of yeah, the office. Yeah. Uh, they they ended up getting their own secluded island, you know, off in the corner with a wall between the, them and the rest of. Yeah, so we got a tersely worded email from Seventies on <laughs> Seven. You don't want to mess with them. Because <laughs> you know there were no drugs or porn or anything going on in the Seventies. No, so no. you know, but they've grown out of that. They've grown out of that. I love the Seventies on Seven. Oh man, hysterical. Um, so so that show is is kind of one and done, and so now it can it can be seen on the I guess on the corner of Highland and Hollywood Boulevard on the regular. This or <laughs> where, where where do you place that? I where, know where, I where, know where you, you choose to publicly <laughs> <laughs> publicly consume pornography, but it was a fun show because 
everybody's interested. Everybody does it, you know, in, the, in their own way. And right. it's, it's really telling when you get a room full of people who are like concerned about what's to come. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, open up with, okay, shout out your favorite sites. And it's usually silent for a good 15 seconds. And we go, no, seriously, shout out your yeah. favorite sites. And then shout one person will, Pornhub! Right. And then the avalanche begins of people shouting out the most obscure, weird shit. We pull up the sites and we discuss it. But It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a fun show. Oh, comedy's the best. I think it so. It allows you to do anything. I think so. Day. And I always tell people, like, it's the ultimate first date show. Right. It really, because y you can then gauge very quickly what you're going to have in common or not have in common with your partner. And on the drive home, it's like, well, they see the thing they said about the other hole? I don't know how you feel about that. How do you feel about yeah, that? How, like, you get how, right to How far to are we it. getting tonight? Exactly. You <laughs> sure. get cut right to the chase. It's uh, funny you, you bring that up because my, my now wife, who we've been together with forever, it seems like forever now, 12, I love that this years. sparked a thought about your wife. Well, Go well on. here's why. Because I, I was tired of trying to figure things out with people because I had a, you know interesting upbringing, and my favorite things are never anyone's favorite things until I, I enter a room like this and then I'm like hey I'm home right right but uh, when you're sorting that out with the uh, the opposite sex they don't get it and so with my now wife I I, I was like all right you have to pass two tests here I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do two things with you uh, our first movie we're gonna go see together is called a dirty shame it's a John Waters movie I'm gonna see if you can get through that and then the second thing I'm gonna do is take you to a weird Al Yankovic concert and if you, <laughs> and if you can handle that I'm gonna ask you to marry me immediately following the concert right so go to the first thing. She loves it. She's like, oh, my God, this is so great. I love John Waters. Cool. Go to the Weird Al Yankovic concert, but I keep it under wraps the entire time. I get her all the way to the concession stand because, you know, it's a mixed mixed crowd with Weird Al. You can't tell. Sure. You know, it could be anybody. Kids, older adults, right? And uh, we get up to the concession stand, and uh, and she's like, hey, is there any way I can get a water? You know, I'm really thirsty. I'm like, yeah, sure, of course. What do you want? So, th so they give her the water, but they take the cap off. Right. This is like the new move now. Uh, and uh, she's like, oh, excuse me, I, I need the you know, I need the lid to put it. She's from Puerto Rico. So she doesn't understand how a lot of things are just like work. Right. She's <laughs> like, I, I need that lid. It kind of comes with it. You know, yeah. I don't want to spill my and, and the concession guy is like, well, we can't have any throwing water bottles weird out now, can we? And she just turns and looks at me and goes, oh, my God, where do we <laughs> she freaks out. Turns out she's a massive fan while she was living and growing up down in Puerto Rico. Her and her brother like are obsessed, and, and sure enough, after that, I was like, "This is just the best thing ever." Did you propose so that night? I did not. Okay. Uh, I waited because she was scared of all that stuff and didn't want to deal with it. So we dated for like eight years before I finally pulled the plug on the dating and yeah. inserted the plug of uh, marriage. <laughs> yeah. So well, I hate that It'll I talked about all that stuff. I'm, I'm single, sorry. by the way. Let me be clear oh, wait, about are that. Are you? Uh, <laughs> Very. <why>? <laughs> Well, how is that possible, man? I'm very single. Dude, this is incredible, man. I know so many women that would be obsessed with this. Oh, that's the no. No, oh, probably not. They'd have to get like to know five me. Minutes? No, I mean, this is a good This is because I don't have a personality. That's why I acquire things. This is the, the <laughs> greatest I... dojo ever <laughs> created. In fact, I'm surprised you haven't asked me to take my shoes off when I came in here. What? No. You're like, no, let it ride, man. I'm like, are you sure? Yeah, spit on the walls, Res man. Respect the space. That's the way we do it. And you've got the egg crate cone stuff all over, too, I so that it. no one can hear anything that's this happening in here. <laughs> Every failed business deal or show, I come in here and just cry, 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 and nobody knows. Oh, man. Well, it, despite all those, because we've all had the, the, the failures, you know, that, that comes with just life. I celebrate them, right? man. I'm on. As do I, right? Yeah. 
I'm doing a show now where I'm like, uh, it's kind of like Shark Tank for hackers mm -hmm. on TBS, and uh, it's America's Greatest Makers. Also on Tuesday nights, by the way, if you need your Tribal Portuguese fill. Well, huh? it's all Turner Family. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. in the family. Yeah, it is. So you watch one network, and then you go watch True TV. It's, but it's does great. the cousin get a little upset? Is the cousin like, hey? I think as long as I'm talking about both shows, yeah, hey, yeah. why not? Why not? But, now, do they try to outdo each other with like craft services and spreads? And they're like, you know, Kevin, hey, you know, fruit salad's looking pretty good over here. They're like, uh, yeah, we got your fruit salad. You don't right get those peanut here. butter pretzels on that other show, do you? Come <laughs> here, let me let me stuff them in your mouth hole. I'm gonna I'm gonna feed you like a baby bird. <laughs> no, they they don't. But but it's it is a no. It's very cool that you're. It's a startup entrepreneurial sure. show, and I'm the only guy on the panel that that flaunts his failures. Because not enough people talk about it. Everybody loves to celebrate the big wins, the big yeah, W's, right, right. and talk about it. I'm like, you learn way more from failing than you ever do from succeeding. You, you absolutely do, and you can't get that success without the failures, right? Because uh, very, very, very rarely. rarely does someone just come in with the idea fresh off the boat, and yep. boom, you're... You're J.K. Rowling. You know, yeah. that's just not happening. Every, right? Like nine times out of ten, your overnight success is a lifetime of failure. <laughs> right. and, that, and then the one hits and then, oh, my God, look, they did it overnight. No, they really did. And if you get to know them, there's a thousand things that let just a trail of bad ideas and people. They just left a wake of it. And I, I, I celebrate it. I fail all the time. So what what is your quint, quint, uh, I guess quintessential Troll 2 then? What's the <laughs> Troll 2 of the Kevin Pereira oh, career? There's, there's a handful of them. Uh, you know what? There was there was a show. I, I, I hesitate to say the name of it, but there was a digital series that I that I that I, I, I if you <laughs> Google me, you can find it pretty easily. And there was no shortage of articles written about me mm -hmm. in relation to the show that made me to be a everything from a misogynist to right. uh, to to a you name it. And it's because I sold a show, mm -hmm. and my name was on it. And then I went away to go host another show, and I came back, and the people that I entrusted to produce the show and my leaf produced the show that they wanted to produce i took the fall for that right. you know the show was released it admittedly was terrible mm -hmm. but my name was all over it because that's oh, what man. they used to promote it and so hey lessons learned like there were definitely some some nights where i was like oh this is the end of my career like right. this is it and then had to you know cry and sleep and eat through it and on the other side of it like important lessons learned and now i'll never do that again and so be it. Sure. Yeah. But, but you learn that and you, you, you forge ahead, man. And it's all good. I'm still here. You make it to the next failure, which hopefully <laughs> exactly. opens the door to the, to the exactly. success. Exactly. And you never know. Oh, you God, never, I've like, had so many failures, too. On the air, especially like radio shows. You know, like uh, I would pitch anything, like any stupid pun, too. Because on radio, you don't have the luxury of working with, hey, you can see things. Sure. You know, and that'll get you past the title of the show. You know what I mean? And uh, I remember... Monday Night Raw Dog was uh, something I pitched. And, uh, go on. That, that, of course, could go any direction, yeah. uh, that, uh, but it was tied to wrestling because sure. of, of Monday Night Raw, but it quickly morphed But where's into, the dog portion? Yeah, was, yeah, it, was it with animals or hot dogs oh, well, no, or that was the unprotected name. sex? That, that was the channel oh, okay. Raw Dog, right? Which right. already in itself was just a bad avenue to go down, possibly, but I spent most of my radio career there. <laughs> Scrape, Wait, so, but, scraping the walls of that uterus. So Monday swimming. Night Raw Dog was the was the, the the name for the show. Yeah, it was the name for the show, and immediately uh, every guest that I, I attempted to acquire to be a part of it was just like, yeah, you know what? We'll do all eight of your other shows. We're not going to do that one though. I'll I'm be like, on Seventies on really, Seven, but yes. I'm not Raw Dogging it for you. <laughs> and and uh, and I had one called Getting Late, which was uh, you know if said swiftly. Uh, quickly sounds like getting laid 
and uh, most people turn down that offer as well. So <laughs> it's uh, choose your titles wisely. Lessons learned. Right? You know, Michael Ian Black has a podcast now called How to Be Amazing. Mm-hmm. And whether you like him or not, whether right. you even know who he is or not, oh, if someone invites you to be a guest on yeah. a show called How to Be Amazing <laughs> and they want you to be the special guest or the, the expert, right. yeah, you're signing up for that. Mm-hmm. That's a great, a great ruse. Good job. I'm trying to think of a. Uh, I'll trade you one more failure for failure. Uh, oh, I this got is one. like uh, comparing scars and lethal right, weapon. Right. But, <laughs> it, but it feels good to talk about it, Kevin. It feels good. Good. What else you got? <laughs> there was a uh, there was a sitcom I pitched uh, uh, that took place in uh, Penn. Where uh, where is it? Penn Penn Station, right in New okay. York City. And uh, there was an Italian restaurant in this uh, <laughs> Penn Station called Penne Plaza. And it was starring comedian Nick DiPaolo as the angry store owner slash sous I like chef. That. I like that. And uh, it had high potential because, you know, it's a high traffic area. Sure is. So it had potential for a lot of lots of Lots of international tra- travelers right, right? and whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. Some, a lot of miscommunication can sure. happen in said venue, right? Potential was there. And I was like, I thought Penne Plaza was a, was a title in itself that could just, you know... Greenlight this I thing. I love puns so much. That, Didn't yeah. happen. No? No. no? Got did destroyed. you do the couch and water tour for that one? Or what was <laughs> that? How did that? How did that pitch process go? Did you fire uh, up the PowerPoint? They saw the title and were like, oh, you're good here. We don't validate. Yeah, Goodbye. It, it, it didn't make it past electronic mailing. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had one of my... I did get responses, though, which, uh, which was good. At least I got the rejection. You they know. took the time this to let was, you know it was terrible. Yeah, this That's was good. also early in my pitching days, you know, and I didn't know what I was doing. Totally. And yeah, yeah. So there could have been other things I did wrong. But um, uh, I went for the, uh, this was on a show called Attack of the Show that I did for years. Sure. Uh, a live One of the best show. ever, man. Yeah, Love that you. show. Love that channel. Love the channel before it was G4. I mean, uh, I, thanks. Tech TV was amazing, man. I, I remember discovering that. Uh, God, uh, was I still in high school? Possibly. I, I can't remember. I think we're about the same age. Yeah. No, I mean, I was watching tech TV when I was coming home from school yeah, in me, high school. Me too. And, and I, then started, like, moved to be at this network called G4. I was sure. like, I made a mistake. I'm going to go back up north and maybe try to work for tech TV. And then, like, two weeks later, they bought the network. Right, I was like, I'm right. going to hang out here for a minute and see how these cards <laughs> land. Right. So, but, yeah, I was obsessed with that show. And obviously, when it became G4 and, and everything, the channel is able to accomplish and what it became and everything you guys did with the tech of the show. I mean, Candace is someone I, I was fortunate enough to hang out with a couple times at Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, which was very cool. But but that show uh, was a show of shows, man. It was a very important show. I think it's it's one of those things that will go down in history uh, where it opened a lot of doors for a lot of, a lot of other things and wasn't uh, truly appreciated for what it was by let's say larger entities and suits, you no, know, because totally. I think the people that were on board with it were definitely on board with it, but, but it wasn't enough to push it to, to maybe greater heights. And then ultimately it's yeah. the demise when the channel shifted gears. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I mean, I it was, what you want to talk about that, but oh, no, happy to, I mean, it was, it's still, it's, it's, it's the, the greatest thing I've done with my existence thus far. Like I've sure. spent, I spent over a decade at that network from mm-hmm. a production assistant all the way to executive producer right. of this daily live weird ass variety show that dared to put YouTube videos on TV. Right. I remember when we first started doing that, people were like, what are you doing? No one wants to watch internet videos. And then <laughs> We did random stunts and characters, but the, one of the, my biggest swings and largest misses, I had many of them, which that's what you get to do on a, on a daily live variety show. Which you is get to the take benefit chances. Of, of where you guys existed and oh, stuff of course. as well. No one, so, we weren't beholden right. to ratings because no one watched the network. Mm-hmm. So if we had three people tuning in, hooray. But I tried, I wanted to have a Skyrider draw the 
world's i'm sorry i have to look up my we had we wanted to draw the biggest sky dong that we could right. and we had guinness out there to certify it and we found one sky riding company that would agree to do it everybody else was like no we're not going to draw yeah, a big sky dong that. um but somebody agreed to do it and then the pilot got so nervous about whether or not he could do it he was uh ba based in vegas he went up to go do some test flights to like see if he could get it he wasn't getting it he landed the story goes that he decided to have several drinks because he was so nervous about doing this live. We're on a live show, we're on at four. We've got cameras in downtown LA and the Hollywood Hills. We have Guinness in the heart of Hollywood on site with a clipboard ready to look at the sky and certify this thing. We're 20 minutes into the show and the guy hasn't even started because he's still flying from Vegas. Right. So nervous, he shows up. He got through what we believe would have been the right testicle. <laughs> Like he started. He didn't what, start with the shaft. No, no, no. He went straight, which I guess makes sense, right? You got to get yeah, your yeah. your base, your foundation, and then you go for the gold. And he started with what we think was like a half a crescent moon for a testicle, and then completely spiraled out of control, and it just looked like shoelaces or a pretzel. Oh my god! And then bailed, just bailed. There's a streak of sky riding stuff going off to the side, <laughs> and we have all these cameras on it. Sky jizz? Like, would you call it sky jizz? <laughs> yes. <Like, laughs> That's exactly what it would be. He, he, he cupped those. He cupped that uniball just right, and it set him off. Just a sky skeeting. Just a <laughs> skeet across the cloud, and just left it there. And I'm sure there were like chemtrail guys with their tinfoil hats freaking out, going, "What's the government doing now?" And in reality, we're just standing around. And I'm like, I fought so hard for this idea, yeah. and I was like, "It's going to be amazing." And no, nope, right. my sky dong didn't happen. Oh man, it didn't happen. Single tear for the old sky dong. That was my penne plaza. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay the or story's my penne out station. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the story's out it exists that's uh there it is wow that's great that's a lot of fun man uh but obviously a billion memories you had from that show so many um but but was there uh what was the unsung hero do you think to that show i mean obviously behind me. this it was probably uh, me yeah yeah okay no i'm sorry that's, i was gonna say I'm, I'm, i was trying to think how i could spin it to to agree with you and i'm like <laughs> i don't think i can agree with you no that uh but, because you were a hero of that show man but but thank uh you. But, you know, there's always the people working behind the scenes and stuff like that. But but what do you think the true unsung hero of that show? Like, why do you think it was as, as successful as it was, especially in the, the landscape that was this sort of bubbling up of nerdism? Because, mm -hmm. I, you know, this was right at the this thing ready to pop. You know what I mean? I, kids were still having trouble at school being nerdy. And then this was the, hey, we've got an avenue now. This is great. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I think it was it was the inmates were running the asylum at G4 for so long. It was the the crew that was playing D&D &D and getting stuffed into lockers, finally having a chance to have their say, mm -hmm. whatever that meant. Um, we weren't beholden to ratings for a long while, so we got to just experiment and fail. And then um, the current executive producer of the Jimmy Fallon show, Gavin Purcell, mm -hmm. um, was really instrumental in giving us a lot of structure. He came on board through the ranks. I was working with him when I was a PA at the network and so we both kind of rose together at this place and he put structure in place that gave all of this all this whole staff of just young really bright talented kids with a ton of passion gave them just enough rails to put their train on every day and go and it he he really formatted it a lot and from PA all the way up, everybody, we had an environment where everybody, ha they had a voice. They were heard. Everybody could pitch. Nobody was above anybody else. That's so cool. Yes, we had a hierarchy. We had an org chart, but right, it didn't right. matter. If, you, if your idea was good, it went on air potentially two hours after you pitched it. And that, that was the magic. We just knew we had a show the next day, and we, we used that to give us enough comfort to take risks. 
so awesome, man. Yeah, it was what a, a cool great ride. environment to work in. It was amazing. You know, really amazing time. Like people talk about early days of MTV, and yeah. like I don't know what that was like, but I can tell you the early days of G4, they were a shit show, and they were awesome. But it was you a know? good shit show. Yeah. It was a great show. I'm, I'm 18. I just moved down, and every day at five o'clock, no matter what, the overhead lights at our old building, the overhead lights shut off. Mm-hmm. And from human resources to the president of the network to the PA at his desk, everybody fired up Call of Duty and we all shot each other for like an hour. And then the lights would kick back on. We'd get back to work and work until midnight. That's Go back so in and do it the next day. It was just every single day we lived and breathed gaming and tech. Well, I, I feel like you have a, a similar uh, path to, to where you are now that, than I do. You, did you do some time at an ISP? Did you yeah, I live ran the one. dream at, uh, yeah. at Internet Service? Did you do that as well? I 100% definitely did the midnight shift. <laughs> Were you and, tech support? Uh, I was definitely tech support. Oh, was... Windows 3.1 days? <laughs> yeah, this was 1999. Okay. Okay, yeah. So that you might have been on Windows ninety five by yeah, then. I, yeah, think, I mean, uh, you would have just judging by nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, but. I was gonna say yeah, uh, yeah, because that oh, glorious Windows ninety five with the Weezer Buddy Holly video that was included. Do you remember that? Hidden on that it's, CD. Yeah, yeah. It was so great. Um, I, th- I can't tell you how many times I had the. Uh, did you turn it on? Press the power button. <laughs> yeah. You know, weed smokers calling me. I mean, that was, and we'd just sit and play Doom or, or Quake or whatever, and there was five of us gremlins that lived down there in the in the basement where, where was this this was in atlanta georgia okay was yeah. it like a mom and pop isp or were yeah, you uh no th- this yeah i guess technically uh it wasn't like an earthlink or a aol well it, was... it became earthlink it got okay. bought out yeah so did we. Uh, yeah it got bought out by earthlink it's funny you mentioned that because it was red yeah they they bought a venue too and slapped their name on it and like yeah this is nice 19- one it dude with like a natural 20 about- shirt right now is looking up from his bag of funyuns yeah. going they're speaking my language yeah. <laughs> and everybody else has just glazed over he's like oh this- let's talk about uninstalling tcp ip <laughs> protocols because walking somebody through that was such a joy <laughs> There's a reason I got this prodigy tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, um, I was. So you it, did that too. Yeah. I ran a bulletin board okay. early, early. I was like eight, eight or nine years old, and I, you know, was I got the the computer guy at like one of the schools in our district because our school didn't have a computer, but right. found the computer guy at a school that did and got him to convince my parents. Where did you go to, to you get go to one? School? Uh, it was in Northern California, oh, okay. East they, Bay, yeah, a little yeah. town called Antioch. Yeah, okay. eventually we got computers, but it was. It was, it was rough there for a second. Nah. Antioch's a great uh, wasted opportunity at a, a Ninja Turtles character that never saw the light of day. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, is uh, he like an enemy, like Rocksteady yeah, and yeah. Antioch? Yeah, of course. It's like it's like the guy who took over for Krang, you know. But but people were just not having it, yeah. so they revived. He's Krang. just a glowing boulder <laughs> with a horn. You're like, no, 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 just get get the camel pants back in there. Um, yeah, no, we had I, I I ran a bulletin board and then a guy dialed up to my bulletin board and was like, hey, we should launch an ISP. And I'm like, cool. By this time, I was like 11 years old and he had no idea. Shit, wow. So nice. he met Good with me you. at a pizza parlor and went up and met my dad, you know, shakes his hand like, nice to meet you, Kevin. He's like, oh, I'm not. No, this is this is Kevin. I have no idea who you are. Why are you talking to my son on the Internet? You weirdo, <laughs> you know, went on to start a business with that guy. <laughs> pre traceabilities. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they couldn't uh, get Chris Hansen could have popped up at any minute and it would have been totally fitting. But. Yeah, no, did that did that nerd tech yeah, ISP yeah. grind played a lot of Quake and Quake World, did a little yeah. EverQuest with the Ever guild. EverQuest as yeah. well. Got into that for a bit. I quickly got out of that because I, I knew that was a gateway to to this is the rest of my life. Oh man, the memories. God. Yeah, I haven't thought about that stuff for a while. Oh, by the way, this this ISP ended up getting moved into a warehouse that was attached to Cartoon Network, uh, which was really cool and it was uh, we were in the room next to a big huge massive sound stage for mm-hmm. Cartoon Network. So what was cool is we had keys to that that space, and so 
um, uh, I worked the midnight shift and, and my, my band, you know, worked normal business hours. So in between those said shifts, we would have band rehearsal in this huge soundstage mm-hmm. room and it was just free we would back our we had we had like a big box truck mm-hmm. with our band logo on it and everything we'd back it right up into the soundstage and we would just open it up unload the equipment and just rock out for hours that's awesome load it back up and pull it out man it was great was this is this your cartoon network proper not like william street or no no okay. not william street yeah okay. yeah this was in like uh, inman park like Krog street i think was the name of that street yeah i think it was Krog street uh, and, uh, yeah, they were cool about it, man. It was is awesome. this the same band you're with today? Or is no, no, one? no, yeah. no. I, uh, no, I've been, God, I've been in so many bands. Uh, but that was a good one. We, we toured for a while. We did pretty well. We went on the road with G Love and the Special Sauce. For yeah. A little bit. I know those <laughs> guys. They, they that performed band? on Attack of the Show, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right on, man. Yeah. We went on the road with them for a bit. That was fun. And, uh, and, uh, eventually I, I got sucked into this other band and we moved to New York City and I've been there ever since. So now with this, you like, said you're about to go into the studio now to do a new album. Yeah. Are you going full album, EP? What no, you, no, full album. Full yeah, album? we put out an EP uh, last August just to get something out there, you mm-hmm. know, to build some buzz, play some gigs around town. And uh, yeah, this is going to be the full length. Um, we're super stoked about it, man. It's good. It's a little more progressive than the last one. Um, it's hard. I, I want to say it's more hard rock less metal but the the metal influence is definitely there because you know some of the members thoroughly enjoyed the the hairstyles of the 80s you know they appreciated it sure but uh you know all of our influences meld quite well in this and it's uh yeah it's good times man i'll definitely send it your way please yeah i'd love uh, to to check it out yeah uh but uh yeah look drummers are like unicorns in new york city so i'm in like four i think four and a half projects right now including a clueless cover band where we play the entire soundtrack from top to bottom uh, with another <laughs> band with another band called Viper who plays the Top Gun soundtrack from top to bottom. Oh, well, you are set. And, and, uh, and complete with acting in between, you know, tunes and everything. And <laughs> they do aggressive video, volleyball match, like they that mime that. 100% and, yep, is definitely Locker room the chomping at the air. Yeah, the lead singer of, of the band I'm in now uh, fronts Viper as well. So we're all incestuous. We're all in each other's bands and stuff. I love and, that. Uh, I love that. Yeah, music permeates everything. That, I mean, you're seeing it around yeah. me. Like, it permeates everything. That so I is do. this all your gear, by the way? Just to let's paint a picture of uh, what we're surrounded in. And uh, I mean, yeah. I could talk to you for days, man. I don't know how long you have. But but uh, so what is all this stuff you've acquired here, man? This is all your gear? Yeah, it's, a lot this? of it is hot. A lot of it fell out of the back of a truck on the way to Guitar Center. But it's... Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No, this has been acquired by multiple people over many years but like uh you know we do a lot of charity shows from here too so all the guitars on the back wall were part of actually greg grumberg yeah a big charity event and had gibson yeah yeah, had gibson send him a bunch of guitars which he then sent out to bands everywhere and had them do finger paint on them so you can see like there's a maroon five one over there he had clapton did one there's all sorts so these are like what are left over Dude, um, but the insane. rest got farmed out and, and that, sold the, for charity. The one with the uh, spark or the dots. All, all the dots all over it. it. Yeah, that yeah. looks like the cover of that Goo Goo albums right before <laughs> the, the one where yeah. they broke. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Unfortunately, name it, I do. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know exactly what you're talking about. I saw that and I just had a flashback to when I worked at a music store. and remember filing that album. Oh. Like I can't unsee that cover. This is the worst. Music store. Some kid just went. <laughs> what is that? I don't even get. I don't understand the concept of that. Oh, I blew it. All the money, every single paycheck I got paid at that music store immediately went right back into it. I signed my check over and just picked out 
what would be the equivalent of eight albums at sixteen ninety nine. Yeah, right. You know what I, mean? I remember. Yeah, I I I scrimped and saved for it was the li- it was the follow up to Throwing Copper Live Secret Samadhi. Oh, yeah, sure. With Lakini's juice on it. it right. <laughs> it was a evening I still heard the sun. Like, no one knows what the hell that was. Kowalczyk was whining that was about early Derpin days, man. But I remember, you know, actually aggressive inlining. Some call it rollerblading, but let me be clear. I hopped up on some curbs. But I remember aggressive on which inlining watched about it. Yeah. my ass halfway across town to get to Rock Bottom Records to spend $20 on an album. Wow. Because they, they broke street sh- date. And they're like, hey, we got it a week early. And, the and they charged tip. you extra for it? Of course it? they did. Fuck those guys, man. You know what? Dick G- move. Great, great move. Great think, business. Yeah, they're mom- like, where are they now? Well, they're a, a Froyo <laughs> place, I'm sure. So they had to get there as well. They could. And they were a salad place before that. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so no, I, 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 you know, I miss the community around it, but I don't right. miss having to go and physically buy a thing and then put it in another. Like someone hands me a CD now of like, hey, check out my music. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. This yeah. feels weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Although every time I come out to LA, I make the trek out to Amoeba Music and I drop uh, money I shouldn't. It's a pilgrimage. You know, just to just to I don't know have that experience I I needed to have when I didn't live here growing up in the 80s and yeah. 90s or whatever. So. But yeah, yeah, I, I still buy. I these. fought it for a while. For me, I was like, uh, yeah, I need the physical. I want to own things, yeah, and then I'm like, yeah. I don't need, I don't need clutter. I just, I'll, uh, fine, I'll license it forever. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Like whatever. <laughs> Let's just do it. <laughs> we're not gonna win, man. We're not gonna win. You're right. We're never gonna win. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's look. We've done this, so we're we're on our path to winning. This is it. So thank you very much for the thank time. Thank you. I appreciate it, Kevin. And uh, back to uh, uh, Hack My Life on True TV. Yes, and, every uh, Tuesday. And t- actually, just run off real quick everything that you're up to. <sighs> I know. Okay. I know it's I a am, long list. I've got a uh, a recurring uh, on Toddlers and Tiaras that <laughs> airs every now. Uh, Tuesday nights are the night to watch me if you haven't cut a cord or nod through it. Uh, I have America's Greatest Makers on TBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually right after that on True TV, it's Hack My Life. It's me and Brooke Van Poplin mm-hmm. going over life hacks in a very fun, um, sort of mythbustery way. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I'm saying it. It's well, like Mythbusters you put, without uh, a budget. Yeah, you it's put really Uri on the end of it. So it's, I think it's you're Uri. It's this. It's quasi. I love, Falls under pair. I love Uri, that you know, show. So. so the fact yeah. that we get to even do something a- approximating that is great. But what's really, I think, even cooler about our show is that when you see it on there, you go, oh, I could try that because I've got a chip clip or I've got some binders in the corner or I've got what, whatever weird thing we're repurposing on our show for some heightened sense uh, or heightened purpose. Great. You can try it. So I always love like my Facebook lights up after every show and whether it's my mom or a cousin going like, I just used a pool noodle to hold my boots up. It's all caps and all super excited. I'm like, great. This show actually has takeaway. It's writing itself. You can watch it and go try it. And it's the first, honestly, it's the first show, the first thing in my life that I've ever been a part of where I hear a lot of feedback from parents who watch it with their kids. Right. And that is like really, it was really bizarre at first coming off of Attack of the Show and like very like adult skewering, raunchy kind of things to hear my family loves this. My entire family rallies around this show every week. We love watching the marathons like that. I'm I'm rambling on and on about it, but I, I really love it. I love well, that that's the response you be to proud it. Of Thank it. you. you. I am. I am. It's it. what's well, weird to be proud of something for for <laughs> yeah, once. For, for a but, change. But it's on True TV every Tuesday. Cool. It's called Hack My Life. Please check it out because I, I love it. All right. The final thing. Uh, when did you realize you were not going to be a professional athlete? <laughs> I'm still living that dream. How dare you? How dare you? Is this how I find out? 
I train each and every morning. It was, um, it was probably in sixth, uh, no, it's probably seventh grade when I refused to take my shirt off to get in the pool for PE. I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work out for me. This isn't going to, this is going nowhere. It was as simple as that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's fine. It's all, my avatar will be way stronger and cooler than I'll ever be. I'm going to go that route. Yeah, that was it. I have no athletic prowess. Never have, never will. That's okay. I'm all right with that. You like watching the sports though, at least, or no? I'm an okay. MMA guy. Ah, okay. I like UFC. And like that to me is like if you're gonna if you're gonna spend like because all sports it's all pissing contest. Sure. My team bigger, stronger, but get in the cage and whoever walks out of there alive wins. That's it. I'm I'm all for gladiators. Bring back the Coliseum. I love that Hoist Gracie kills all of that for you because yeah. he just gets in there in his gi and just wraps. I will on the hug ball. you for 90 <laughs> minutes until you're like fuck it, you tap out because you want to kiss me. And that brings up a side of you that you weren't willing to confront in this cage. By the way, has uh, Guinness acknowledged that as the world's longest hug? Like, is that uh, has that been? <laughs> uh, does Hoist Gracie hold the it record? Be, yes. <laughs> world's most intimate meeting <laughs> in geese. Like a karate unit. Like it's the, the the old UFC were so they were so homoerotic. The, the first was, three were you had to go back into that. You had to go into the porn section pretty much to get your hands on those three. <laughs> as you should. Tapes. It's two dudes grinding on each other, and then occasionally there's blood, right. and that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And then you watch them come back, and then do that in someone else's juices that were splattered on a mat. I love that. That was a good sport. That was when pay-per-view was awesome. It's like, hey, we're going to watch UFC tonight. That means it's eight hours of yes. guys hugging and sweating <laughs> on each other. Great. I miss those days. But yeah. I, I, it's my favorite sport. It's Greco-Roman and more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's Greco-Roman and Greek leapfrog. They're going to play them both. All right, Kevin. This was a treat, man. Thank you. Cheers Likewise. To meet you, dude. Appreciate it. All right. That was Kevin Pereira. I want to thank him for joining us on the podcast. It was cool to hang out at his lair and, and some sad news. Uh, he's already moved on from that lair. Because the next time I saw him, he was like, uh, hey, <laughs> I moved my home base. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was so psyched to come by and play, have my band play there and everything. It would have been very cool. But who knows? He's got a new layer now. And next time we go out to the left coast, hopefully we'll be able to is check it, it out. In, is it inside of a mountain behind a volcano? I hope so. Like Dr. Evil style? That would be, be awesome. That would be amazing. Maybe Kevin Prayer is the new Dr. Evil. It could be. He could be. Although <laughs> he still has his, his gorgeous, gorgeous hair. All right, uh, did I say that out loud? I don't know, maybe. All right, uh, check out thelaughbutton.com for all the latest interviews, news, reviews, and uh, insight into the world of comedy. No matter what kind of comedy it is, uh, we cover it. And uh, something we love to do uh, on the site as well is just classic good old album reviews. They've been (laughs) piling up. People are still putting out albums. We like to review them. A lot of albums coming out. It feels like no one does that anymore, but we've got your back. And... uh, Look, it, it, comedy, this is a very important time for comedy, I think, uh, moving forward. And we're going to see what happens with it. I'm very curious to see what happens. And uh, I think comedy, as it normally is, the solution and or at least uh, uh, safe haven <laughs> for, for a lot of people, no matter what side of the coin you're in, even if you're on the winning side, <laughs> comedy is still a safe haven and a place that uh, feels good all the time. This all right. time next week, Thanksgiving, dude. Oh, yeah, that's right. It you're is. Going, you're going to get an early episode from us next week because of the Thanksgiving holiday. That's right. And uh, Thanksgiving should be interesting for a lot of houses this year. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about post-election craziness. I'm actually not going home. This will be the first time I'm not going home for Thanksgiving in 15 years I mean, I mean Thanksgiving is so. going to be some interesting conversations. But, you know, we're going to have an early episode. It's going to yes. come out... Uh, the day or two before thing. Actually, you know what's funny? It's going to come out probably on Harassment Day, Patrice O'Neill's national holiday. Oh, shit, that's Harassment right. Harassment Day. Wow. All right, well, Kurt Brownholer is going to be our <laughs> guest. Very excited for him to be joining us. He's got a brand new 
uh, live album that he put out with Kristen Shaw, uh, Hot Tub, uh, their show Hot Tub. They, they put out a double vinyl. Yeah, this mm. is very cool. We'll be doing an unboxing of that. Uh, speaking of unboxings, check out our unboxing of Mitch Hedberg's limited edition uh, vinyl box set. We got that up on our YouTube channel as well as the site. Uh, we really break down everything that's inside this beast of a box. It's really great. And pick yourself up a copy as well. Uh, you get, for the first time ever, all of Mitch's albums yeah, on it's vinyl. It's limited edition, too. It's When they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, so. when they're gone, they're gone. And you know people aren't going to be reselling this stuff, man, because the people that are buying these are, are lifers. It's going to end up on eBay like the uh, NES Classic. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we, we had an NES Classic S- buying party yeah, in the st- office the other day. It did not go well. Still nowhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, uh, I've been to a couple places just <laughs> by happenstance. You know, I had to go to Best Buy to pick yeah. up some stuff. Zero NES classics there. <laughs> Nothing. Not, I'll get it in February next year yeah. when everyone's like. Amazon's like, nope. It was like, yeah. two, it was sale like 2 o'clock Pacific and like 201. Everyone's We all had it in our box, though. We all had it in our shopping it. carts. It's like, oh, add the cart, got it, and nothing. Yep. So. We all failed. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, TheLaughButton.com. Follow us on all the socials at TheLaughButton. He is at I am Kleinschmidt. I am at Mark Says Hi. Until next week with Kurt Brownholer. And uh, pre-happy getting ready for Thanksgiving as you prepare mentally for the challenges that lie ahead. (laughs)